Hey everybody, welcome and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck and also with Dr. Jessica Higgins. Jessica is a delight to talk to. She's got all kinds of wisdom about how to um, help move the needle in the relationship. I always say that, move the needle in the relationship, but everybody does it a different way. And she brings a unique degree of empathy and insight and wisdom and experience. Um, It's really cool to hear about her uh, story, her personal story with her husband, and also just uh, how she's organizing her work in a time of uh, sort of constant transition for her. Um, I think there are a lot of really cool insights. If you're a couple looking for help, can't find somebody or can't get in with a, you know, a therapist in your town, um, she is able to meet with you from kind of wherever you are. And so I would re- encourage you to check out her work, which you can do at drjessicahiggins.com. Um, and if you don't believe me, just check out the interview. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. I did want to go back to this idea of vulnerability, um, which is how do you navigate vulnerability? Because I find that a lot of what we do in our sessions as couples therapists or um, coaches is having to model our own vulnerability or creating that space of vulnerability. And I'm just wondering, how do you create a space for vulnerability with either an individual client that you're working with, where maybe you're modeling that, or you're trying to create a space where they can be more vulnerable with you or holding space for a couple in order to uh, exchange vulnerability with one another? How does that Mm. work with your, your work? Yeah, I think with each person and their comfort and where they are in the continuum of what they're operating with, whether or not it's a lot of protection and maybe even trauma or if they just didn't get a lot of support to practice vulnerability. So everybody is in a different spot as as it relates Mm -hmm. to vulnerability and their comfort level. For me, I would say primarily I'm seeking to really connect, whether or not it's the individual in individual coaching work or if it's the couple, both people are really try to do my best to hold perspective and attunement to both of them. And that takes a little time and space. Mm-hmm. And so with that kind of curiosity and really trying to make sense, really trying to understand and using my empathy, I will cry with clients. I will feel mm-hmm. with them. And I'm very much trying to check things out, see if it's resonating and trying to see if I have it and validate if it makes sense. I, I'm pretty open about how I'm trying to understand and thinking with them. And then when there is something that feels a little bit more distilled and they're having a response that feels genuine, I'm, I'm doing my best to use their words. I'm doing my best to use their languaging. Mm-hmm. And if they're feeling it in their body and they're feeling it in the moment, right, that's a, a little bit easier place to access. And then excuse me, if they're willing to hold that, then they're in more of that vulnerable place. Now, whether or not they want to turn to their partner and share that or what what it's like for them to really just be in a place of making more contact with that. So depending on what the goals are, um, the next steps will relate to what the goals are. But that's typically how I'm trying to access vulnerability is that understanding, that empathy, that real trying to use myself personally and attune with them emotionally and then work with them collaboratively around what is really true and resonating. And I get that's not always an exact science. Yeah. That's intense because I, I, just yesterday, I think I started to taste what you're describing. Like I I did really good work in my client time yesterday. I had, I, and it was because I was 
I was tapping into empathy. No, I, I don't mean that like in a, because it's not a skill of mine. Like I'm really good at like directing traffic and helping to like, you know, move people in the right direction and being really kind of bold and directive, but showing up like with my own tears was really like, I was exhausted. I mean, how do you do that? How do you do that with, I mean, I was exhilarated. You as cried well. in session? I almost like kind of, I was like definitely like on the, on the edge of my own heartache on their behalf. <laughs> the backtracks. Yeah. I kind of, maybe I, I might've yeah, had some moisture. Fun. I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. I definitely well, frowned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell you about it. That's I for sure. I think it qualifies, right? <laughs> I think it qualifies if we're in this range of feeling with them. It could be like, I, I think to backtrack a little bit for me, even I don't know that I'm always like tears streaming, but I, yeah, I yeah, do yeah. feel the well and yeah. and I do feel the emotion and, and sort of making contact with that. Zach, I'm so glad you brought this up because when you were on the Empowered Relationship podcast, I remember one of the things you had said about your journey with couples is you're like, it's so easy. It's so much easier than individual. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I don't have the same experience Yeah, uh, sure. because first of all, there's a lot to track and I feel excited and stimulated by what all is in the room metaphorically, proverbially, like, cause I work more remote, but there's two individuals. If I'm working in a heterosexual or a monogamous relationship mm -hmm. and then you have the cult, the couple system, right? The relational yeah. system. So in my mind, yeah. there's like three things to be tracking at any given totally. point or moment. And then the empathy. Yes, it is a lot to yeah. access in myself and energy to expend. Uh, so I, I, yeah, that's why my self care and my, my, my boundaries and all the things are critical. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and for the record, Zach, I think it's amazing. It's actually a, like a real growth to, to have you oh, say that you're like showing up with empathy and, and I cry all the time. And there's been such a shift in the field of therapy as far as what the role of the therapist is used to be that we're like this blank slate and we show mm -hmm. up and we, you know, we don't show emotion. We don't, um, you know, like side with one person, which in Zach's work, uh, oftentimes with like a relational life therapy, you do side with one client and that's yeah. part of the strategy. Um, like Terrence Reels work, right? Yes. Uh -huh. yeah. and, and I, I often, will a hundred percent cry. And I also talk about in part of like how to talk through emotions and what we're feeling in our body. I will oftentimes refer to myself and just say, yeah. my chest yeah. is so heavy right now. And I can feel myself welling up with tears yeah. and I'm really drawn to you. And it's, it's interesting because you have to talk that way when you're doing, I also only do virtual therapy because you use your body so much when you're in session with someone to be able to communicate and move closer and attune with someone with your body. And you can't do that when you're working virtually. And so I have to use my words a lot. And I actually, I think it's pretty cool to be able to model the using of my words to explain what's happening for me and my body and my intentions as a therapist of like, I really want to reach for you and I want to hold your hand right now. And I can't, do you think maybe you could reach over to your partner and hold their hand for me? And that's always an interesting, it's like this triad, uh, it's very yeah. interesting work. Well, uh, and I think this really goes back to Zach, what you were asking about modeling, right? That if I can give voice and acknowledgement to what I'm experiencing Listen. and what it feels like for me or how I'm relating to it. There is a vulnerability that's modeling yeah. what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah the other thing absolutely. I really like about modeling is I love having the fight with the partner. So if you two were the couple and you guys were in a fight and I would just say, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll be Jessica for a minute. And then Laura and I would start to fight and I would model for Jessica, like how that could go better or how that could go differently. And so Laura then has mm -hmm. a, her own experience of like, yeah, that actually was felt really nice. And then Jessica can go, oh, I could, all I have to do is this versus the other thing. And so there is something about, I don't know if that's transference or counter-transference or just modeling period, but it's, <laughs> it's a, it, I, I dig it. Ladies and gentlemen, confessional, I, Laura Heck, am a sweaty Betty. Yes, there are times when I need to get my sweat on, like when I'm training for a triathlon. And then there's those other times when I get nervous on stage speaking to hundreds and I wish that the waterworks would stop. And here's the worst part. Sweat from nerves is the worst kind of smell. Well, here enters Lumi. It's just like a pre-odorant scent from the gods to save me and women like me from full body sweats that we all know doesn't just occur under our lady pits. Lumi is a game-changing whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN to work not only on pits, but also feet, privates, and everywhere else that we get odor. So no matter where you use it, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long, all thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula. And they have over 275,000 five-star reviews to show for it. So make the switch to Lumi and unlock your freshest start ever and your freshest butt ever too. So as a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code MTR at lumideodorant.com. Lumi is spelled L-U-M-E. Look, that equates to over 40% off of your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use the code MTR. Hey friends, registration is still open for our winter weekend intensive on February 9th and 10th. If you have been feeling that quiet little tug to do something more for your relationship, let this be your permission to pull the trigger and register for the weekend workshop. We'll be meeting virtually on Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and again on Saturday from 8 to 3 p.m. This is nine hours of time that you'll be spending in the comfort of your own home, practicing new relationship tools with your partner. We'll teach you how to reconnect emotionally, communicate gently, and navigate conflict effectively. This weekend workshop follows the science of Dr. John Gottman's seven principles for making marriage work. Meet with Zach and myself for an unforgettable weekend. Register today for only $450 per couple on our website, marriagetherapyradio.com. I want to I go back though the, to your dissertation. You said your dissertation was about conscious coupling, conscious partnership. What, what, is, what are you conscious talking about? Conscious intimate relationship. It's, Talk, it's conscious really intimate looking relationship. At, what is that? Yeah. So it's in the meta-analysis. So it's using research studies that had similar definitions around awareness using the relationship or their paradigm around relationship as a growth, having a growth mindset towards intimate relationship. And so that was the meta-analysis. I mean, it's been many years, so I can't give you my exact definition. I can pull that up and, and circle back to you. Well, just you what do like you mean when you, if, if a couple comes to you and says, hey, I heard that you could help us with conscious, intimate relationships. I don't even know. Yeah. 
what that means for us, but it sounds intriguing and it sounds like a direction we want to go. What, what is the, what is the thing that you begin to unroll for them? Yeah. So, so in a nutshell, I would say it's really synonymous with bringing more and more awareness to one's self and the other and the relational dynamics. That's hard to do. And it, mm-hmm. and like that the takes a lot of effort. Right. So if I'm relating to my significant other and I'm, this happens for me, if I'm really busy, I'm in task mode or I'm feeling rushed or hurried, I may not even know what I'm feeling mm-hmm. or what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. And my significant other likely is seeing, you know, through neuroception, seeing my facial expression, my tone of voice, my nonverbals, <laughs> and is picking up cues about how I am emotionally. But if I have no idea where I'm at, like I haven't, I'm not really aware or in contact with that, then he's responding to me, but I'm a little disconnected. Mm -hmm. And so there's not a lot of awareness around that, vice versa, or just what's happening in the dynamic, right? Because as Mm -hmm. you were just giving example for both of you, what happens when couples are fighting, they're often misperceiving misattribute like misattribution and misinterpretation right. and it's landing with them in a way because if it's like if i did x y and z it would mean this uh-huh. Zach, one of the things you were talking about on this sh- in that interview you were on the empowered relationship podcast is the meaning that people make around the language that they use uh-huh. and so it's fascinating to me that if we can slow it down uh-huh. access some of this real not real but live, more vulnerable, experiential, felt sense of things, then that becomes much more revealing. Mm. And that's where it's like, oh, I didn't realize. Like, just mm-hmm. so my husband, I told you he was under the weather and haven't, hasn't been feeling well. A couple of days ago, we were at this little dinner spot. And I don't even know if we were, or it was the table, the dinner table, eating table. And I don't know if we were eating lunch or dinner, but he was... T- <laughs> He was like talking to me, like looking out at the view and continuously. And I'm like, this is such a weird, I mean, like I get it sometimes looking, but I'm like, you're, you're continue. Like, can you tell me like what's happening here? Cause I was noticing like, does he not want to like engage with me? Is he mad at me? I was like, you're making stories, stories. Mm -hmm. And then I asked him about it and he's like, I don't want to breathe on you. I'm, I don't want, I'm contagious (laughs) and I don't want to, but I was like, it's toxic mold that I'm about to breathe. (laughs) 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 but it's 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 not a comfortable thing to talk to somebody who's not even giving you eye contact right right that's one of the things we experience so can we point i I would love to hear how you would coach couples because i had this this exact conversation i didn't realize this is what i was doing um (laughs) with couples yesterday of um having them slow things down, having them recognize that you are attuned to your partner and you're making, you're paying attention, right? To everything that's going on, taking that information, then you make meaning and stories of what's happening for your partner. And most of the time it's inaccurate. Um, So I'm wondering, like, how do you slow or what's the language that you would teach couples in the moment when they're not in your office to be able to communicate like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm seeing your face and to me, it looks like you're upset. That's the story I'm telling myself what's going on for you. Kind of meeting with curiosity rather than criticism is what a lot of people say is like, you're in a bad mood. It's like, mm, or we could say, gosh, it seems like that was a short response. How are you doing today? 
kind of getting curious. So I'm wondering how you are coaching couples to be able to get a little more meta on that interaction. Yes. Well, I think you gave a really beautiful example and I think there's lots of options and mm. whoever's a little more resourced likely will be able to access this. So in the example mm -hmm. that I gave around, my husband might be noticing certain things on me and I don't even, I'm too frenetic or busy or seemingly anxious. And he could say, oh, like what you just said, I'm mm. seeing X, Y, and Z, or you look your tone is short. That's one of the things mm -hmm. he says about me is mm -hmm. like, I'm not uh -huh. being nice. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not being nice. Oh, I'm not yeah. being warm. I'm not being uh -huh. like my normal, like kind of mm -hmm. connected, but I'm just much more like business. Yeah. So to check it out, I think is a brilliant way to go into more of the conscious space of bringing awareness that here's, and it's revealing, mm -hmm. here's the way I'm interpreting this, or here's my worry. I love the mm -hmm. word worry, or here's my concern about what this means to me. Mm -hmm. I'm worried you're upset with me. I'm worried that you're annoyed with me. I'm worried yeah. that that wasn't good enough because that does access the vulnerability. It brings awareness and consciousness to what's happening in the moment. It gets out mm -hmm. of that vicious, like, disconnect pattern because we typically our protective strategies will put the other person in a it usually hurts the other person so more specifically laura laura i think even just saying can we slow this down or it feels like things maybe i'm i feel like maybe i'm having a reaction right now i just need a second mm -hmm. or i care a lot and i'm not sure what's happening can we just take a moment or because I think slowing it down, I think there's many ways to just bring a pause. I mean, so many people recommend this. I mean, even the Gottmans talk about what, 20 minutes is a uh -huh. minimum around helping yeah. the system kind of regulate and calm down if we're feeling that upregulation. So there's many ways to call a little bit of space or like... I've even asked my husband if he seems like he's getting more of a tone with me. I'm like, can you can we soften our tones? Cause I'm having a hard time hearing what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Or I'm noticing yeah. I'm wanting to react to you and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I think depending on the circumstance, I think, I think there's many, many options, but I think just even if we're aware of like, I want to slow this down or I want to bring more awareness to this. Yeah. Cause what's happening there's, there's some pillars around consciousness and awareness, right? being able to take some ownership, have some transparency, that curiosity, like there's a lot that can be helpful mm. tools to be more aware in the moment because we're humans and we're going to want to go on default and just be in our habitual mode. Yeah. And yeah. we're likely going to run into trouble if we're missing a lot of this because so much of our relational history is living in us and operating and yet we're not aware of it. So I have so many follow-up questions um, and I'm going to put them out there just so that uh, number one, I think what we need is some resources. So like at the end of the podcast, it'd be amazing if, if people are kind of resonating with, wow, this is a cool skill. I want to learn more. If you could provide some resources so we, we can do that at the end of the podcast, that's the hooker so that they continue listening hooker. I like that. Um, <laughs> two, two is when I hear that, I go, I think 
gosh, that sounds like so much work. Like all I want to do is be sitting at dinner with my partner and enjoying the sunset. And you're asking for me to be so disciplined in the way in which I'm communicating with my partner that I have to be aware that when things start to go awry, I have to be conscious enough to be able to say, here's how my body's feeling and here's what I'm thinking and the meaning I'm making of what's going on for you. Why can't I just check out and just have a glass of wine and enjoy the sunset and be authentically unraveled with my partner? So that's just my thought process because I've heard couples say that of, Laura, this is too much work. And if it's gonna be too much work, then why don't I just swap my partner out? Right. It's a great, great question. I have a couple of responses to that. First of all, I think part of what we want to really encourage myself included that this has been hugely motivating. If I can look at the long term benefit Mm. of attempting to put more awareness and consciousness into some of these efforts. Now, just to be clear, we're not talking about this every moment of every day. We're talking about choice moments where Mm. We know typically this gets off track and results to disconnect or a rift of some sort and to not be committing to it forever and ever, right? Can we experiment? Can I just see what happens? And for me, if I'm in service of of this pursuit, because really what I want to say, what's on that, at least for me and for many people, the long-term goal is greater intimacy, more understanding, more access more quickly And having more of that repair because sure, I may want to go into default mode and not have to put so much effort, but that doesn't necessarily save time or be more efficient way. We can look at all the harm and disconnect and disrupt that that causes that that's not actually getting me a, the result that I want or b in a way that's smooth and easy. It's not easy. If we really Mm -hmm. look at the long-term cost of continuing to do what we've done So I would kind of think a little bigger on that and then look at what am I in service of? And for me, it typically is I want to have that shift. I want to feel the opening when we're at odds or when we're in conflict. I want to have strive towards more collaboration, more win-win, even if we are in irreconcilable places like real strong differences that we can get to something that it feels workable like that means everything to me and if i can also the other flip side of this coin is typically i feel much closer and more intimate and more um like even more awareness like we could even talk about sex and intimacy that mindfulness and awareness when we can bring that to the moment around the positive that's expanding yeah. the positive Ooh. so there are a lot of benefits to that I I guess that's the biggest point I want to make that we might think that it's easier, but it's, it's likely not. And then just, I'll be quick. The second point is I do think that when the relationship is got a secure, solid enough foundation, think, you know, the positive sentiment override Uh through the Gottman's language that couples can tolerate quite a bit of unraveling that's not super conscious. Right. And we can give each other the benefit of the doubt. But if we don't Mm -hmm. have places that we can really have this connection, it's really hard to counteract all our relational history and especially when traumas and, and, you know, our nervous systems reacting. So that's a lot to ask. Yeah. So it turns out that if you, if you think that maybe you broke your arm, it's a good idea to go to the doctor right away rather than like 
sit there and sort of go, oh, my arm kind of hurts and I'll ignore it for a little while and let's see what's going to gonna happen. Then, then you find out six years later, you know, it's better to have go, to have go take care of it initially. So you don't have to let the bone set in the wrong place and then come back and have your doctor go, well, I got to break that again to reset it. Do you know what I mean? Like, and not only that, but you've done more damage to the rest of your body. I mean, I just, uh, after breaking my arm, um, you know, you end up doing more damage to your back and to all of the muscles that are trying to, uh, look at us crushing this metaphor right now. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. If I can just say really quickly the the vulnerability that it is hard to turn towards this and ask for help Uh or get support. And I have yet to find someone I've been in the field of psychology my whole career turning 50 in June. Um, Welcome to the club. It's fun. Uh, It's fun to be 50. (laughs) I'm not there yet. I still have six months, but yes, I will be there shortly. Um, I have yet to find someone when I understand about their experience in life and their learning that it doesn't make sense, right? We are adapted. A lot of what we learn relationally is adaptive at the time. And so we're looking at like, possibly you didn't have the support or you didn't have, you know, the, in the, in the environment of your upbringing, there wasn't capacity to support you in navigating these difficult emotions. Like it's, you know, to really look at it in that lens. So I think that when we ask for help and we can look at, like, I just didn't get this Mm -hmm. learning and yeah, to say I never need to get it right. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it makes a lot of sense. Myself included. I raise my hand. I continue to do my therapy and understand the layers. And I am always profoundly like, oh my gosh, I was operating unconsciously about this. I didn't even realize (laughs) like how much I resorted to this tendency or that tendency. And the more I can organize and integrate and metabolize, like I'm just feel so much more coherent and yeah. and developed because of it so mm. and i'm never I, regretful like i that yeah. i oh i wish i wouldn't have put that effort in like it it helps it's like the exit ramp to a lot of the the drama and the perpetuating mm. pain mm-hmm. and really giving me a direct more more clear access to what i am trying to intentionally and it's create not an overnight fix that's what no. i'm hearing is in order to show up consciously to show up vulnerably in order to sort of regulate there's a lot of factors that go into play and what i try to explain to folks is that even though i'm considered a brief therapist meaning i, I don't see couples for years and years the longest i've ever seen a couple is probably off and on for two years is that there is so much growth that is happening without me that needs to set the stage in order to create that safety, in order to be able to regulate your system, in order to be vulnerable. But it is not an overnight process and it does take a lot of time. You are rewiring a lot of connections and nervous systems, the way that you show up in the world and you are scanning your environment for safety or threats like that takes time to rewire. So hopefully folks are understanding that you're doing the work if you're listening to the podcast. So that's good news. But also I'm so into this conscious, intimate, conscious, what is it? I know it's so verbose. It's conscious, intimate relationship. I mean, it's an academic like dissertation and a meta-analysis. So I'm sure there's a better word, but I think- Yeah, conscious connection, right? Like that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. I like it. Um, okay. Well, it, like Zach had mentioned, you're aware of time, but I did want some resources. So if folks are kind of grabbing onto some of the things that we're saying, what are some resources, including yourself, that we can send them to? Yeah. Well, I will say uh, the podcast is a really great resource. I think we're at like 400 and yeah, I don't know. Since 2015, I, I you've been yes. coming along. That's amazing. Yes. I don't know if we're like 37 or I, I can't remember, but, and I think the first at least quarter now I was delivering the content, but I've had so many people on the show that I love and offer such good input and perspective and voice and so it's empowered relationship podcast is the podcast and on all podcast players. And then Ooh. my website is drjessicahiggins.com. It's doctor with a DR. And then there's tons of resources there. And I am happy. I, I know we were going to talk about how to shift out of critical tendencies and it does really relate to what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. um, I think you might already have that free guide. I'm also happy to send you anything. I have several other um, free guides, one of which is a overview of the developmental stages of relationship and looking at the summary of each of those five stages. What is the goal of each stage and what are the skills that are often required? I created it probably many years ago, but it's still, I think, very helpful. So, Mm -hmm. and yeah, I'm happy to give anything else to your you yeah. would want. What about um, stuff that's specific to conscious coupling or um, conscious and in, intimate conscious coupling? Yeah, I'm good luck. <laughs> I think we're close, making close. up the word right now. Can I read the dissertation, please? Yeah, yeah, Could yeah. you send me the big binder <laughs> yeah. with all your verbose language, academic language? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I have he a does. more earthbound question, which is what is your husband's name? Earthbound. Uh, Reed Peterson. So my legal, my professional name is uh, Jessica Higgins. My legal name is Jessica Higgins Peterson. Uh, and yeah, he he does a lot to support people in the grief space, but he also has a job as well. Well, no, no, this is what, I'm, what I want to say about Reed nice. Peterson and Jessica Higgins Peterson is thank mm. you for giving us some insight into your like actual life. Like, I really appreciate that he... Mm. Uh, lets you or not lets you Rebecca lets me talk about my life with her and um so I just make sure he gets a thank you from us for just giving us some insight into who you guys are so I will pass that along thank you Zach for that acknowledgement I think he'll really appreciate hearing that and this you is fun land I this la- plane, Zach yeah no no I, I I loved talking to you I'm glad we got around to you and uh I learned something new Uh, every time I do this. So I appreciate you giving us some of your time and attention. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. So Dr. Jessica Higgins has a website. You can check it out at Dr. It's D-R. Jessica Higgins, H-I-G-G-I-N-S dot com. She has lots of free resources, courses, her podcast, um, and you can figure out how you can work with her. She is a coach, and so she is open and available to working with anyone. Um, Thank you for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.